0: Thanks for listening to our Oppenheimer Let's Talk Future podcast series. In this episode, our guest is Timothy Horan, Managing Director and Senior Analyst leading the cloud and communication services at Oppenheimer. And our host is Jane Ross, Managing Director of Investment Banking. This episode was recorded on April 27, 2021. Please subscribe to our channel to instantly access previous episodes. Subscribing also means... You won't miss out on new episodes with our thought leaders who bring you timely and relevant insights about the markets, investing, business, new technologies, and life in general. Hello, and welcome to our episode called The Cloud, a -a once-in-a-century investment opportunity. Our guest, Tim Horan, is well known on this topic. He's the managing director and senior analyst heading the cloud and communication services research team at Oppenheimer. Now, Tim believes that the cloud is the most important technology in our lifetime, with many industries and segments of society set to be radically altered. As the cloud drives new technologies and services, he believes the productivity and market value impacts will be immense. So, in this episode, we'll discuss cloud computing and some of the technologies requiring it, such as artificial intelligence and blockchain. We'll delve into infrastructure considerations. We'll give examples of disruptive new business models, and we'll discuss security and other risks. Finally, we'll talk future and detail how to invest in all of this. Tim Haran is very well suited to lead this discussion. He researches a broad range of communication and cloud companies with a focus on emerging services and infrastructure. Tim is a recipient of both the Greenwich Associates Institutional Survey and the Wall Street Journal All-Star Analyst Awards. So with all of that, welcome, Tim.
1: Thanks to be here, Jane.
0: All right, let's get started. The cloud. I know that's where my photos are stored, but from your comments, I gather that the importance of the cloud kind of exceeds that function.
1: That's for sure. We think it's a once in every hundred year technology. Frankly, uh, in modern times, it's only the third really, really modern technology that's totally transformed society and our economy. Um, The other two, last one was a hundred years ago, was electricity. And uh, 200 years ago, we had uh, high powered steam engines. So we think it's that important and mm-hmm. uh, we think it's gonna be that uh, transformational. But, you know, we should say, you know, there's not a lot of uh, great definitions about what the cloud is. And we kind of actually think the cloud is migrating to what we call the fog. It's gonna be basically pervasive compute and storage. Uh, so we, we're gonna have really, really high quality wireless networks, called 5G and ultimately 6G. Uh, that uh, can access massive, unlimited amounts, frankly, of computing, processing, and and data and uh, and knowledge that's out there in the world um, with really, really low latency.
0: Right. And low latency for we non-technical people, that means processing a very high volume of data messages with minimal delay, right? So it's real-time access to rapidly changing data, right?
1: Correct. Thank you and rapid communications.
0: And if you look at the
1: uh, last two general purpose technologies, they usually take 30, 40 years to come to a stage of development. Then the infrastructure gets developed that you can really take advantage of the technology to have major productivity improvements. And we think we're essentially right on the cusp of that at this point. We think the next decade, uh, this is going to drive cloud, broadly speaking, is going to drive half the the global GDP growth. Almost the entirety of that is going to be from productivity uh, improvements. So it's incredibly important for our economy and our society.
0: Absolutely. And so I guess the companies that require the cloud and the fog are companies that utilize a huge amount of data. You've talked about at least six technologies that will really benefit from these advances. What are those?
1: We're just... Highlighting six here, but there's dozens of more, you know, on top of this, but probably the most important is artificial intelligence, because you can just automate so much blockchain. We think is incredibly important because you can automate trust and you're basically digitizing finance and digitizing currencies um, related to AI. But clearly separate is going to be um, two other important ones, uh, robotics and basically automating factories and warehouses. And then uh, autonomous vehicles, we think um, obviously are going to happen and be electrified primarily. And then the healthcare industry is going to be revolutionized here from genomics. And then ultimately um, almost every single device that has electricity in it will have the ability to kind of communicate with the cloud. So what we call internet of things. There's you know a lot of different ways to define what IoT is. And, and clearly dozens and dozens of services on top of this, but these are six of the most important. And I think two, you know, industries that will be very much impacted by this will be financial services, and, and clearly, you know, the transportation industry. And if you look at the transportation industry, broadly speaking, its major major periods of breakthroughs with technologies occurred from the other two general purpose technologies. Obviously, electricity was incredibly important. We had electric subways and um, electric elevators as an as an aside, but they also enabled, electricity enabled assembly lines. After about 40 years of development, they figured out how to really build factories using electricity and enabled inexpensive cars and, and traffic lights and all sorts of other things. And obviously before that, the uh, high powered steam engines were critical for steamboats and locomotives. And we think we're basically even at the cusp now of uh, obviously with autonomous vehicles and electric vehicles, but also autonomous planes, a- autonomous drones, um, electric helicopters even happening at some point. And all of this is, really relies on the cloud and many other technologies. Obviously, batteries are going to be incredibly important also.
0: Right. We did a recent episode with Colin Rush, and he talked about advances in batteries and the requirements there. So for anyone who wants more detail on that, that episode is available. Now, for the cloud and infrastructure that's required, cloud providers have already spent a ton of money, right? So where are we in that build?
1: Yeah, a great question. And I, you know, we should have said at the beginning, the three major cloud infrastructure providers, right? now. They have many sub companies, but are Amazon's web services by far the dominant cloud company with over 50% market share. The second one is Microsoft's Azure uh, with around 35% market share. And then you have Google Cloud has been kind of the up and coming in the whole sector. The industry is only about a decade old. It's grown into revenues right now and a run rate just for the infrastructure as a service of about $100 billion in revenue you know, per year, sorry, the cloud segments of those three. And uh, that revenue has doubled in the last few years. You know, it's a huge, 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 obviously, amount of in- incremental growth uh, for the economy. And uh, they're spending a lot of money. You know, right now, they're spending probably $50 billion on CapEx, roughly, a run rate. Uh, that has also doubled um, more like three years. R&D spending on innovation is in the $25 billion a year range. And then cloud is growing revenues over thirty percent per year. So we're seeing an incremental thirty, you know, close to forty billion uh, revenue uh, growth. And we think we're only in the second inning of this whole of this whole process. So we need a lot more infrastructure. We need um, infrastructure to be, you know, to change a little bit. But we're, yeah, probably only in the second inning of really building out what's required.
0: A hundred billion of revenue for those. Okay, so the second inning of building out what's required. Are we talking about towers, data storage? Well, the
1: kind of the four probably most important components are you have your edge devices with like IOT and uh, new new devices that basically collect all the data.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then you need the networks to transport it into the cloud. And this is largely 5G and 5G requires towers, uh, radio access networks, fiber. Going back now to, to the third component really of the data centers. And there's many different types of data centers, uh, but primarily they're very, very large warehouses where you're putting on all your computers and you have a lot of cooling and really high quality security there and a lot of networking within, inside, inside those data centers. But yes, it's primarily towers, fiber, and, um, and data centers. And then obviously it's all the hardware inside the data centers at this point. And we're seeing you know just really, really strong growth and really de- strong demand for all four. Things are tweaking a little bit. We are building out more small towers or small cell sites, we call them. We are building out more small edge-based data centers at this point, all of that to kind of lower latency.
0: Okay. And building out that small edge-based is really talking about the transition from the cloud to the fog, right? So the fog will enable things to happen at closer proximity. What are the applications that are really going to benefit from that?
1: Uh, Great question. So we might have like a thousand very large data centers now globally. These are football field or two football field size buildings with massive amounts of computers in them. What we're going to end up doing is seeing having more like tens of thousands of smaller data centers that might only be the size of a, a room even. And that will communicate with the centralized data centers and communicate more directly with the end user to cut down on the distances that are required to travel so that you can have extremely low latency. And so if I have um, a factory, I definitely are gonna have a data center in that factory that ties back to the, the centralized cloud, but I need extremely low latency to run the robots that, that are operating in that factory. And you know, clearly the robots are gonna be running most factories kind of going forward. And, and I also need that for the new transportation systems where you're gonna coordinate traffic with traffic lights with you know accidents and just traffic flow. And um, I actually think ultimately, if we get enough low latency, you're going to see requirements that only autonomous vehicles will be allowed in inner cities because you can basically have two to three times the amount of throughput you know, in those cities and frankly, in a much, much safer environment also. But there are dozens and dozens of other use cases. Of, we think Microsoft's about to roll out a cloud EC product. So you can buy a fairly inexpensive, almost screen to access all of your data that you need and all the processing that you need in data centers that are closer to you that act almost like a laptop would, you know, right now. And if we have obviously good enough wireless connectivity, uh, it's a much, much, I think, cheaper and much more secure and much more efficient way for people to compute.
0: Wow, that's so interesting. And it it makes me think of other disruptive technologies, namely blockchain. I can't seem to pick up any periodical without reading about blockchain and token networks, ecosystems. Can we spend a couple minutes on blockchain?
1: Absolutely. So blockchain, as you all know by now, is a distributed ledger. So, um, And on these chains, they're recorded in perpetuity. Uh, Anything that um, changes on a chain. Uh, So essentially, it's almost like being in an auditorium. It's an auction. Let's say someone wants to buy something. Everyone in the room has to approve and and recognize that that person just outbid everyone for this item, piece of artwork, call it or whatever it is. And we all register it at the same time. A chain kind of works the same way that everyone sees it. Everyone kind of agrees to what's going on. And and this is enabling like unbelievable new new use cases. The first killer application, obviously, That everyone's so aware of is bitcoin and digital currencies but you you talked about these new token-based networks token-based business models and there are many other business models that we're seeing right now in the cryptocurrency world people are earning very very good interest on their cryptocurrencies and you're seeing um, much more of a peer-to-peer world and you're seeing payments that are becoming more easy global money transfers are a, a lot easier you know specifically there are use cases now where you can bring together Disparate people in groups to work together. So this would be in everyone's interest to do so because you can pay people in tokens, or they can get token ownership for acting in the benefit of the entire group. Just two examples I'll point out: there's a company Helium that's building customer-built wireless networks to ultimately try to compete with um, the large telephone companies. These customers they basically put out a hotspot at their house. They use their broadband at their house, and anyone who uses that hotspot, wireless hotspot would get paid in, in tokens essentially. That's, uh, we think would be very, very disruptive for the whole wireless industry. Uh, one other example would be a company called Suku, which um, enables food to table. They essentially give tokens to the farmers for um, logging information about their produce, how it was manufactured, when it was shipped, where it was shipped to. And then those tokens, both Helium and Suka, were publicly traded, so they can exchange those tokens essentially for for money. And, and not to say there are many, many other you know disruptive use cases uh, that we've seen with the internet recently. And I think over time, there's a decent chance blockchain could disrupt them. Blockchain has the ability to cut out middlemen by essentially enabling a lot more peer-to-peer and people working in groups together to the benefit of everyone, where you don't have to pay a middleman. So ultimately things like facebook and airbnb and netflix could be uh, disrupted from blockchain and but even all those products and services are just getting improved by the cloud and like you know what ai enables so what you're kind of seeing with blockchain is it not only enables people to work together but it also makes data immutable. where i can store data and have a track record of data forever and i'm doing all this on top of the cloud and that makes collecting data more valuable over IOT and it makes the demand for better wireless next kind of networks better and better. And it kind of all keeps coming together. And and clearly we've already been living a lot of the benefits of this cloud, you know, day-to-day. I mean, all of us, I think, appreciate the recommendation engines you get from Netflix and Spotify and shopping and Amazon Prime, you know, ride sharing and carpooling um, requires AI. We've seen, uh, I think, some, you know, major benefits even to driver safety with uh, automatic braking and braking for collisions and anti-skid and lane switching and and drowsy driving alerts. And all of this comes about because you are collecting a lot, lot more data. And when you collect that data, you can train your AI models on the cloud to make anti-braking and anti-collisions better and better. And it becomes a virtuous cycle. Collect the data at the cars, transport it efficiently, have blockchain, make sure that that data is secure. And then the cloud Processing and data storage enables the AI, and the AI then becomes a virtuous flywheel and a positive cycle.
0: Well, a virtuous flywheel and a positive cycle is all good, but I hear this and I think about security risks. You know, if you're operating with all that data on a centralized platform, aren't we setting up the potential for much greater security risks?
1: Uh, Very, very true. We have obviously major, major problems with security. But I would argue the cloud is like the only option to really make things a lot more secure. A lot of the security breaches we've seen in the last decade have occurred more on customers' premises. We've had a few in the cloud, but a lot of that was just the human thievery in a lot of ways. Um, And that's a problem also. And, And we have all this data and people can access the data, but with the cloud, it's frankly much, much, much more difficult to steal that data and to do onerous things with that data than it is with customer enterprises. And that's why we're seeing the, the whole market is moving very quickly to the cloud right now. And even all the security products that we have out there are moving to the cloud extremely quickly, basically as we speak at this point, because it's our best option in a world with very bad
0: options. And you know, another negative or, or problem from all of this is social disruption. I mean, you talk about massive productivity gains But there are going to be a lot of industries that are going to be throttled by all of this. And, you know, there's talk of a higher level of systemic unemployment. So this is another big issue, right?
1: It's a real, real, real issue. I mean, if you go back and study what happened with the last two general purpose technologies after a decade of unbelievably rapid productivity growth, both times you ended up with decade-long depressions, Mm -hmm. essentially. And oftentimes, then wars at the end of it, that's how much disruption, you know, kind of happens at the end of the day. But, um, you know, electricity put a lot, a lot of people out of business and it it enabled the building of tractors, which we were basically able to double, triple, quadruple farmer productivity. Right. So all those farmers didn't have a job on the farm anymore and they had to move to the cities. And, uh, you know, it's on and on and on the amount of disruption that occurs with these you know, new technologies. There's there's no doubt about it. And I, kinda, I think there's a very good chance the same thing you know, can happen here. Uh, if you look at the Internet so far, we've really only disrupted about 20% of the economy. And this would be things like uh, the media industry, advertising, legacy television, uh, magazines, newspapers have been disrupted. Yellow pages have been disrupted, a certain amount of communications. But it's really been on the margin, maybe, maybe 20% of the economy. If you look at what we're describing here with the cloud, we can essentially disrupt the other 80% of the of the economy if we really, really wanted to. And even like, you know, even the government. I mean, one thing that there's clearly a lot of security problems with is voting, for example. And if we were to apply blockchain on the cloud to voting, we would basically eliminate fraud because everyone would be identified and there would be a track record. Of that that person voted, we know that we we can hide who they voted for or what they did, but you would know that they were registered and and they voted and that's just you know kind of one example of how um you can even disrupt the government industry quite a bit uh land titles can be are very complex and be you know disrupted we think quite a bit, but half the world is almost middlemen right. that are kind of extracting you know good amount of the economic interests of society by being middlemen and Cloud and blockchain kind of going to eliminate an awful, awful, awful lot. What what we're basically, you know, seeing out there. Uh, we think the financial services industry, as I mentioned, legal industry, you know, potentially even oil, if we get a lot better batteries. I mean, battery productivity is improving fifteen percent per year. The legacy automobile industry is, we think, are going to be in turmoil. We think the legacy healthcare industry is incredibly antiquated. Legacy government industry is obviously you know, very, very antiquated. Law enforcement is obviously incredibly antiquated. We don't need to tell anyone on this podcast. And then the whole tech sector, I mean, every time we've had a new generation of compute, we have disrupted the legacy compute and technology industry. Um, and I think the same thing's going to happen here. And a lot of people are trying to create uh, blockchain based products to go disrupt Google, Facebook. Even Apple, I mean, if we get much, much better infrastructure and fog infrastructure, we don't need $1,000 or $1,500 smartphones anymore. We're only gonna need, you know, $100 smartphones. So, so there's gonna be dramatic amount of transformation. I, I kind of went and checked the number of companies in the Dow every 30 years for the last, uh, you know, 120. And, uh, you know, essentially on average, about 70% of them are replaced every 30 years. The last cycle, I, I checked about 30, about a little over 60% of them were replaced. I'd be shocked if we didn't have more like 70% replaced in the next 30 years, given how much change we're going to see to the pharmaceutical industry, the, you know, oil industry, to the retail industry, you know, obviously, and it's, it, the, I mean, obviously the retail industry, the financial services industry, you know, we think the whole concepts around credit cards or, and payments are going to be obsolete in, in 10 years. And, and a lot of how we communicate are going to be obsolete. I've been thinking an awful lot lately because I do follow communications companies also how we've kind of transformed to a collaboration world away from a, what we would call a PBX world or a voice world at work. You know, everything now is scheduled, Um, a lot of it is chat and text space, a lot of collaboration and working on reports and files together, a lot of video conferencing and dramatic transformations there also.
0: Yeah, the impacts are seemingly endless, which gets us to the point where we will talk future. How do you guide investors to play all of this? Where are the places that you recommend investors stay focused looking forward? So
1: I, I really started writing my first cloud research. We called it network-centric computing 22 years ago here at Oppenheimer. But um, we specifically got excited that we could invest in clouds directly eight years ago. And we basically told investors to invest in all cloud all the time. At the time, it was really Amazon. And luckily, it was at 300 bucks a share. So that has worked pretty well. Then we moved over five years ago to Microsoft and that was at 40 and it's worked out pretty well. But we kind of want exposure to the cloud wherever we can find it. We think Amazon, Microsoft is still really, really well positioned if we're in the second inning as we expect. There's a new cloud on-ramp company called Cloudflare that's doing very unique things. Uh, there's a company Rackspace that's helping enterprises move to the cloud. and seeing very strong demand. DigitalOcean helps small businesses to be in the cloud. Uh, So, you know, those are more direct cloud investments. Then the the infrastructure side is, frankly, what we've been recommending for 22 years, which is Equinix. They are the the interconnection points for the cloud, essentially, to exchange traffic. Another company, American Tower, does the wireless towers for these 5G networks. That's going to see really, really strong uh, growth out there. And then there are some application companies we like that are really taking advantage of this whole thing. A a company or one of our top picks has been Digital Turbine. It still is right now. Stock Symbol is Apps and i should say there's another small company that uh, and a lot of called amdocs that's helping the carriers globally to move to the cloud to massively improve efficiency uh efficiency themselves but our whole coverage universe frankly is designed around taking advantage of, of cloud growth and cloud investments
0: and there you have it well tim thank you so much for lending your expertise and spending some time with us It was hugely informative and substantive, and I suspect this won't be our last conversation. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Jane. Have a great day.
0: Don't miss the next episode of Let's Talk Future as we explore a variety of topics important to every kind of investor by bringing our firm's financial thought leaders directly to you. Hit the subscribe button today.